Let's go ahead and make our confession. Do you have your sword with you? Yeah. Pastor told us the past two weeks, it's our sword. Amen? So let's go ahead and grab your sword and let's make our confession. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. And I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'll never be the same. I'm about to receive the indestructible, the incorruptible, the ever-living seed, the Word of God, and I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. If you believe it, shout amen. 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 Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. And I, I'm so thankful for the work of the Holy Spirit. You know, everything that we do as believers in this life is by the work of the Holy Spirit. Yes, there is corresponding action to our faith. But it is a, it's the miracle working power of the Holy Spirit in our lives that brings about the promises of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 is where we're going to begin today. And just so you know where we're going, I want you to understand what we're talking about today is the Spirit of Faith Speaks. In fact, I want you to say that with me. Say, the spirit of faith speaks. Let's say it again a little bit louder from your belly. Say, the spirit of faith speaks. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We're troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Amen. Verse 10, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. Notice that, the dying of the Lord Jesus. Minister Andrew Murray, pastors refer to him a bunch of times, he, taught, he calls that the crucified life. If you want the resurrection power of Jesus... To move in your life, you live the crucified life of Christ. As we put this body under subjection of God's Word, renew our mind and allow our spirits, amen, to be continually created, continually made and conformed in the image of God, that crucified life brings about the resurrection power in our body. Notice verse 10, always a bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Yeah. Verse 11, For we which, were, uh, we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake. Uh -huh. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake. It makes me think of Revelation 12, verse 11, They overcame him, Satan, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. This Christian walk requires every bit of you. Loving Jesus and Him being your Lord means He is truly Lord of every area of your life. Amen. Lord is Master. Yes, He's our Savior. Yes, He's loving and kind. But He leads, He directs, He commands, and we obey. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death, Paul's speaking here concerning his ministry, death works in us, but life in you. Why is the life working in us? 
We're receiving the word of the Lord. Now notice, verse 13, main point here. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, therefore speak. Verse 14, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise us up also by Jesus and shall present us with you. The spirit of faith speaks. The spirit of faith speaks. Look at verse 13 again before we move on and just flesh that out. We having the same spirit. Someone say same spirit. Having the same spirit of faith according as it is written. Okay, Paul, of course, writing this letter to the church in Corinth, but we know he is moved by the Holy Spirit. Second Peter 1 tells us that the entire Bible is written down by holy men of God, moved on by the Holy Spirit. So we understand he was writing it to a people at that time, but also us as well. Amen. Amen. And so here he's saying, as it's written. Well, the psalmist said in Psalm 116, verse 10, I believed, therefore I spoke. Mm -hmm. And he follows it up, all men are liars. Mm. Well, I, th that's, I think that's pretty self-evident. <laughs> in the sense that the testimony of man, anytime it's contrary to the word of God, it's a lie. All David was doing was being moved by the Holy Spirit. Numbers 23 is the same thing that Balaam said. He said, is God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Has he not said? Will it not come to pass? Won't he do what he said he'll do? Amen. It's what Isaiah was saying concerning the coming Christ. Who hath believed our report and to whom is the power of the Lord revealed to? To the believing ones. And so David is saying, and Paul's quoting David, I believed, therefore I spoke. And then he gathers us up and he says, we also believing. We also believe and therefore what? Speak. The spirit of faith speaks. Confessing God's word when it is in total opposition of what we see, hear, feel, think in the unrenewed mind is a normal function of a spirit-filled, Bible-believing Christian. Amen. If you believe Jesus, your normal conduct is speaking His Word yes. that you believe regardless of what you see. Amen. That's why David said, I believe, therefore I spoke. All men are liars. Because these men were surrounding David, saying, David, give it up. Your enemies have surrounded you. Throw in the towel. Call it quits. God's forsaken you. And David said, I believe, therefore I speak. And he goes on to say, God's my salvation and He will deliver me. Regardless of what any other testimony says, I know that God is my deliverance. The spirit of faith speaks. The New Living Translation says this, but we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith the psalmist had when he said, I believed in God, so I spoke. Do you believe in God? Then you have the spirit of faith. Amen. You have the spirit of faith. If you are a believer, you have the spirit of faith on the inside. Mm -hmm. And you have to take your believing and push that believing up into speaking. What's on the inside has to come out. It will anyway. 
Jesus told us out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth is going to speak. That's why we're continually filling up our insides, our heart, renewing our mind by the Word of God. Why? So we can build our faith to believe in order to speak. You have, as a believer, the spirit of faith. You have that spirit of faith. Notice that in verse 13. We having the same spirit. Not a different one. Not a lesser one. Not a dwindled down one. Not one, well, we believe in the work of the Holy Spirit, uh, but it finished in all, that, all the power and the glory and, and, and Him moving through mankind and ministry. That all stopped when the last uh, apostle died. I, I, people have told me that. And I say, so what you're telling me is, you think because the last apostle died, and they have a hard time figuring out which the last apostle is the last apostle. And they say, well, the last apostle died, and the Holy Spirit just quit ministering on the earth through His signs and wonders and miracles, through the ministry of the Holy Ghost. Those offices of apostle and prophet and teacher and pastor and evangelist and those speaking in tongues and, and interpreting and prophesying and, and words of wisdom and knowledge and all those things that are in 1 Corinthians 12 and 13 and 14. They say all that ended when they got the Bible done. Uh, they say all that ended. So I say, so what you're telling me is uh, Satan, he's still running around doing everything he's always done, but God lessened his power and his ministry in the earth. I don't think so. I believe, therefore I speak. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that the Holy Ghost is on the earth moving through believing people great and mightily in every single ministry that He has on the earth. Regardless of what anyone says. Regardless of what anyone says. In in just my prayer and study time, Psalm 6011. Give us help, O Lord, for the help of man is vain. I started, I jumped up, I said, that's, that's it, Lord, I knew it. I knew it, I just didn't know where, but that's the answer. We all know that's the answer. Amen. The help of man is vain. Amen. Man's always going to do what he sees. He's always going to operate on the outside, on the appearance. But everything in this earth that's causing trouble and confusion has to do with the heart of man. Amen. And when people get saved, people change. Amen. If you didn't change... Jesus didn't become your Lord. Because the way Jesus becomes your Lord is you go with Him by faith to that cross. Not dying for your own sin, you understand. But the book of Romans in chapter 5, it tells us that we were crucified with Christ. We died with Christ. We were buried with Christ so that we might be raised up with Christ Jesus. And so you as a believer, you have the spirit of faith. Now I want you to see this. The spirit of faith is the spirit of believing and speaking. Say that with me. Say the spirit of believing and speaking. Turn with me to Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. This one's probably pretty familiar with a lot of us. But we're going to read it anyway and cover it again. Because faith cometh by hearing. Not, oh, I read that five years ago. Mark 11, verse 22. And Jesus answered, saying unto them, Have faith in God. Verse 23. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he saith, shall come to pass, he shall have whatever he says. 
You can go on, a, on gospeltabernaclechurch.com and you click on that media tab. And Pastor did a sermon, I think it's 2017, it's still up there. It's called Words That Move Mountains. There's three parts of it. It's on CD as well, but he talks about that. This idea, this understanding, this biblical principle that the unseen world is moving, pushing, shaping the seen world. <laughs> Hebrews 11 tells us that God framed the earth with His words. And Jesus is saying here in Mark chapter 11, the one who believes and then says what they believe, doubting not, shall have what they say. What are they having? What they believed and then said. What are we believing? This word, this testimony of Christ. This word of God. So the spirit of faith that you and I have is a spirit of speaking and believing. Amen. It's a spirit of believing and speaking. It's the spirit of speaking what we believe. You can say it a half a dozen different ways, but when it's all said and done, what's on the inside has got to get out and it's got to come through the mouth. By faith. And, and it's just the way that God has chosen things. We know that God's all-powerful, amen? amen? And so He has decided in His kingdom, in His economy, the way He has structured things, that the kingdom of heaven will advance by faith. Amen. And that takes place, that force of faith takes place by saying what you believe. Now, there are corresponding actions there has to be. But you understand, we can't cover half the Bible in one Sunday morning. Or at least you wouldn't want to, right? Because you'd get hungry by Tuesday morning if we kept going through and didn't stop. So there is corresponding action. There's a bunch of things. Faith works by love. If you're not walking in love, you can't have faith. Faith works by love. Faith works by honor. Faith works by humility. But what we're speaking about today is you have to get what's on the inside out. And God said it's by the communication, the vehicle of words. And I, you're gonna, we're going to see this together. We're going to see this, in fact, right now. Turn back with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. In fact, if, if you're using you know, a paper Bible, just put your ribbon there. 2 Corinthians, I guess what, the tablets, they have little markers too, don't they? 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. I want you to see this. It's not, when people, sometimes when people hear this, they say, oh, well, you know, you're just talking about that and blab it, grab it, name it, claim it. And it's, not of, a, it's of a very shallow understanding. They hadn't really got down right down deep into it like we all should. Just open up our Bible, see what God says, and take, take Him at His word. Yeah. And if my thoughts, my opinions are different, well, then I'll change. Yeah. God hasn't changed. He ain't going to change. I'll do the changing. I'll get on His side. It's not, see, it's not just that you just flippantly say something, blurt something out. It's what you actually believe, what consumes your spirit and your soul. It's what we'll see in just a minute, minute when Paul's saying, hey, I'm being persecuted. I'm not, I'm not destroyed. They cast me down, but they haven't destroyed me. They're pushing in. They're perplexing me, but I'm keeping on moving ahead. We're going to see that. He was making a faith confession right there. And so it's not just a, a, a something you just throw out there. It's something that's in, uh, I call it holy guts. <laughs> Having some holy, it's what's on the inside of you that you don't care what anybody says. This is what I believe because God has said it. And ain't nobody moving me off of it. Amen. 
And when there's a little bit of pressure from the outside world, you know what? You say, um, I, you know, many of y'all have known, known my father, my dad for a long, long time. Probably some, lots, some of y'all know him longer than I have. I'm going on 30 years now. In fact, he was one of the first people I decided to meet when I came around. And, but there, there, he, he, he's, he's, he's nice. He's easy to get along with. But I'm telling you something. When you live with someone, you see different sides. Amen? And there's one word. Now, this is just, fathers just talk differently to the sons. Amen. And, and I, when I hear this, when I think about people getting pushed and pressured and the things of Satan and the lies and deceptions coming along to the believers and believers start repeating, confessing what they're seeing rather than what they believe, I can hear my father say, don't be a chump. Don't chump out. I, for me as a son, I, when I hear that, dad says, don't chump out. Your spine stiffens up a little bit. Me and Kenny have talked about John Wayne before. You get a little bit more like John Wayne. You stand up a little bit straighter. That's that holy gut. And it's not just throwing something out there. The spirit of faith speaks. The spirit of faith is speaking what you believe. It's not just something that you just casually came through your mind. It's what is in the fiber of your spirit. It's what is in the core of the depths of your belly. And you know that God has said it. And I refuse to doubt it. And that is a work of the Holy Spirit. Now, I told you to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. Look at this. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of who? God. And not of who? God. We're talking about a ministry work of the Holy Spirit inside the life of the believer. When you begin to confess God's Word... You are doing it by the power of the Holy Spirit. You are doing it because the Holy Spirit has made you alive unto God. When you begin to see in the Bible, you know, you see in Romans 3 that I, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And then when Satan comes along and says, no, you're just a dirty dog. You're good for nothing. No, wait a minute. Say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And that's a work of the Holy Spirit. Because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12 that no one says Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. When I begin to repeat, I begin to say what I believe, which I have found in God's Word, it is the power of the Holy Spirit empowering my recreated spirit, this new creation, this believing spirit to say it. And that's what Paul's saying here. We have a treasure in these earthen vessels. The earthen vessels are these human bodies. And even though we're just skin and bone and flesh, there's something on the inside of us. It's the Holy Ghost moving on us, empowering us. So much so that in verse 13, he says, we have the same spirit of faith. Now, I want you to understand, it's the Holy Spirit moving on you to speak God's Word. The Holy Spirit is moving on you, empowering you, with that faith that everyone has been given. The Bible says everyone's given a measure of faith so that everyone can have the opportunity to hear the gospel and receive it and believe. But all the time, every single time, the Word of God's always being worked with and by the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of faith 
Now you think about that in verse 13, the spirit of faith. We need to make this point. The spirit of faith in you is not just the Holy Spirit in you. And it's not just your spirit in you. The spirit of faith is the Holy Spirit and your spirit in unity, in oneness. Now, I'm not saying you are the Holy Spirit. You understand that. But we as as believers, knowing the Bible tells us we are a spirit. We're spirit beings. We have a soul and we live in this body. And when we believe on Jesus and we desire the promise of the Father, Luke 11, He gives us the baptism, the infilling, the working power of the Holy Spirit in us. And at that point, the spirit of faith is as such. The Holy Spirit and my spirit, your spirit, in unity together. Turn with me to John 17. I want you to see this. John 17, verse 20. When I saw this... I thought, you know, I had never seen this this way, but that's the work of the Holy Spirit. That's why you encourage me, we, I encourage you, we encourage one another to stay in the Word of God. Amen? Amen? Every single day. Make it, you know what, we're at the half point of this year, right? We'll just go ahead and say for the next six months, every day I'm going to be in God's Word. Amen. Some amount of time I'm going to consume and read and hear and listen to God's Word. Make a point of that because what happens is what you'll find in your daily, just daily reading. I'm just, this is my habit. It's a good habit. In my daily reading, the Lord's going to speak to you. Every time you open this Bible, He's ready to speak to you. And that's what happened. And I saw this in John 17, verse 20. Before we read, I want you to know that Jesus, chapter 14, 15, 16, 17, Jesus has what we know as the Last Supper with the disciples. They're communing with one another, and Jesus just begins to share His heart with them. And those four chapters is Jesus sharing His heart, teaching, giving forth the Word of the Lord. But it's Him loving us and telling us the truth before He's offered up as a sinless sacrifice at the cross. And in chapter 17, this is Jesus praying for you. This is Jesus praying for His followers, His disciples. And you'll see that. Verse 20. Verily, verily, I say unto you. Oh, excuse me. I'm in, I'm in 16. 17, 20. Neither pray I for these alone. He's talking about the disciples, the 12 disciples. Well, at this point, 11, because Judas has betrayed. He's not there. Jesus saying, I'm not just praying for these 11 alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. Do you believe the word of God? Jesus is praying for you. Even now, he's our high priest and our intercessor at the right hand of the Father praying for us. Verse 21, that they all may be one. Okay, he wants unity in the body. We're the body of Christ. As a believer, we're the body of Christ. And I tell you what, no one wants a body that's not in unity. Amen? What if your left hand was at war with your right hand? And they constantly are staying away from each other. That would be real hard to eat, wouldn't it? You'd have to eat like that. I mean, what, what if your members in your body were warring against each other? Amen. I know Lars probably thinking, that's, well, that's what you look like when you dance, AJ. My, my, my members are warring against me. But I told Lars just this morning, you know, she has a, a, a side hustle that she does really well planning weddings. And when we're there and there's a few songs that we like, Hey, when, you, when you're there with the most beautiful woman in the room, you got to dance with her. And I told Laura, I said, really, I had the upper hand because a lot of men don't dance. 
And so if I just get out there and halfway move on rhythm, I'll be the best dancing man. I'll be far from what the ladies can do. But if I'm just there, I can have, I mean, there's no competition. But Jesus is saying here, I want the body to be in unity. But even more than that, look at this. That they may all be one, verse 21, and as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may also be one in us. That the world may believe that you have sent me. Jesus is praying, Lord, let them be one with one another. After all, they're my body. But Father, just like I am in you and you are in me and I only do what you say do and I only say what I hear you say, let them be one in us. That's the point I'm making. When the Holy Spirit is in your life, it's not just the Holy Spirit moving on you. You're not just waiting. Well, I'm going to wait to speak when I feel the Holy Ghost. Begin to speak what you believe. And the presence of the Holy Spirit will manifest in your life. You'll feel the anointing of God when you begin to boldly proclaim the truths of God. Because the Holy Spirit has come together, mingled Himself, made Himself one with your spirit. That's the prayer of Jesus. Let them be one in us. And that's the point I'm making. The believer speaks what the Bible says regardless of the world's testimony in complete and direct opposition of what the eyes see because the Holy Spirit has empowered our spirit to say and declare as a mouthpiece of God in this earth. That's what verse 21 is saying right here. That the world may believe that you have sent me. How will people believe that Jesus was sent by the Father? By we being one with Him and carrying out His works on the earth. Now... The work of the Spirit is in your spirit. Romans 8, 16 says this, The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit. Going on to say that we're the children of God. Notice that the Holy Spirit is bearing witness with our spirit. There's unity. God desires complete and total unity with the Holy Spirit. And that's why it should always be our desire as believers to not grieve the Holy Spirit. Am I... Is what I'm saying pleasing unto God? Does it line up with what God says? Are my thoughts pleasing to God? Am I taking every thought captive and measuring it up to what God says? And if it matches, then I let it go. If not, it's executed, it's done away with, and it can't come back to my mind. Are my actions pleasing to God? Am I living in such a way that the Holy Spirit and my spirit are bearing witness that I am a child of God? Now turn with me to Numbers chapter 11. The spirit of faith speaks. That's what, we're, that's what we're studying today. That's what we're seeing in the Word of God today. The spirit of faith speaks. The spirit of faith is the spirit of speaking what you believe. And it's not a light thing. Again, it's you saying God's Word. It's you daily confessing God's Word. You know, uh, Ms. Shirley and Mr. Chris Kellett both have give testimonies of that great little mini-book by Charles Capps. God's creative power will work for you. I love that. I love that. I mean, you know, he could, say, he could have said God's creative power worked for me. And if we allow our flesh to get in, in the way of thinking, we would think, well, that's great for you, Charles. I need something that works for me. But he said God's creative power will work for you. 
And that whole little book is just confessions of God's Word. And that's what we're talking about, speaking God's Word. Because it's so much more than you just rattling something off. It's you speaking what you believe, and the Holy Spirit is empowering you to do so. So that all of heaven will back up the Word of God coming out of your mouth. And that's God's desire. Numbers 11, verse 29. Numbers 11, verse 29. Before we read it, Moses is telling God, hey, I need some help. God comes up with a plan. He said, gather 70 elders and the same spirit that's on you, I'm going to put on the 70. And they, they, they do that. But two of the elders are still in the camp. And when God puts the Holy Spirit on these 70 elders, two of them are in the camp. The other 68 are with Moses and Joshua outside the camp with the Lord. When God pours out that same spirit that's on Moses on them, they begin to prophesy. They begin to speak for the Lord, by the Lord, the word of the Lord. They begin to prophesy. They're speaking, empowered by God, what God says on God's behalf. They're prophesying. And so one of these guys in the camp, they run in and they tell Joshua, or they run outside the camp and tell Joshua, Joshua, these two other elders that weren't out there with you, they're prophesying. And Joshua, loving the man of God, loving Moses, honoring Moses, said, wait a minute, wait a minute. They, they, can, they don't need to be doing this, Moses. And Moses says in verse 29, do you envy for my sake? Are you envious for my sake, Joshua? Are you getting upset for my sake? Would God that all the Lord's people were prophets Amen. and that the Lord would put His Spirit upon them? Yes. The, spirit of the, the Spirit of faith is the Holy Spirit moving on your spirit to speak on behalf of God what God has said. That's why confessing God's Word carries the power of God. Because God's Word is His Word, and He backs up His Word. It's Isaiah 55. It's like the rain. It's like the snow. It comes down out of the heavens. It touches the earth, and it makes the earth bud forth. The earth can't resist the rain. If it rains, it's going to grow. And God said, if my Word goes forth, it's going to do what I said it will do, and it will not come back to me void. It won't come back to me without bearing fruit. And that's what Moses is saying here. Would to God that he would pour out his spirit on all. Amen. I'm so thankful that that has been done. Yes, Joel God. prophesied of it. Peter testified of it. And we're living in it. Yes. The Holy Spirit has been poured out on the earth. And anyone who desires of him can have all that he wants. Amen. All that she wants. How many wants the Holy Spirit moving continually in your life? Amen. Holy Spirit, breathe again and again on us. Amen. Increase your anointing. You know, I used to pray, I said, Lord, I need your anointing. Now I say, Lord, increase your anointing. Yes. Because I realized if I said I need your anointing, I'm saying there's a lack of it. Yes. No, I've got it. I just want more of it. Amen. It's not that you're without. It's what you got. You're building up. Jude 20, building up your most holy faith by the work of the Holy Spirit. And Moses is saying here, Joshua, I love Joshua. He's a man of honor, and he honored the things of God. And that's why you read through Joshua's life. I mean, he really did leave in this Old Testament covenant. A lot of things went by, and God, as it said, winked at him. A lot of these men of faith and these women of faith, they did some uh, little shady things. <laughs> and they had to get right with the Lord. But Joshua, he lived a pretty clean life. 
Because he honored the things of God. He honored the man of God. And he's saying, Moses, they're prophesying like you would prophesy. He said, no, would to God that all of the people of Israel would be prophets. Would to God that everyone that calls on the name of the Lord would prophesy. Would to God that his spirit would be on all. Now turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 10. The spirit of faith speaks. And your spirit being moved, empowered by the Holy Spirit right now. As you say what you believe, the word of God, things change. By the Spirit of faith, the Holy Spirit changes things. Someone say, something's going to change. Say it again. Say, something's going to change. How many knows we need change? This world needs change. We've got the change for them. The Spirit of faith, the Spirit of speaking what you believe, is what gives entrance way for the work of the Holy Spirit to change things, change people, change situations, change circumstances, change families, change children, Amen. change marriages. Yes, Lord Jesus. First Samuel 10, verse 6. The people of Israel, they want a king. That's, and that's another topic altogether. God gives them what they ask for. Think about that. God gave Israel what they asked for, even though God said... King's not the best solution. How much more should we have faith that God will give us what we ask for when it's God's will? Verse 6, Saul, he's anointing Samuel, or excuse me, Samuel's anointing Saul to be the next king, the the first king, really the second king, God was the first king, to anoint Saul to be king of Israel. Verse 6, he tells him this, And the Spirit of the Lord will come on you, and you shall prophesy with them, and shall be turned... Into another man. When you speak what you believe, God's Word, the Holy Spirit will change you, change your body, change your finances, change your mind, change your marriage. The Spirit of the Lord will come on you and you will prophesy. You'll say the things of God, by God, for God. You'll say the things of God, by God, for God. God has spoken. The book of Psalms tells us that His Word is established in heaven. How many knows the will of God is always taking place in heaven? That's glorious. But we need His will on earth. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The Word of God is established in heaven. By the throne of God. And we, the people of God, are establishing His Word on the earth so that the will of God would be manifested on the earth. And me saying what I believe, what I see in the Word of God, the Holy Spirit moves and He changes things. It's Genesis chapter 1 where God said, let there be light. And we know that the Holy Spirit was hovering over the, the faces of the deep, those dark waters. He was hovering there. The Holy Spirit was hovering. He was hovering. He was waiting. And then God said... And something changed. That's why you and I continually, constantly rehearse, say what God's Word says about us. Not because it's a religious function. Because the Word of God carries the anointing of the Holy Spirit to change something. And so if there's a sickness or disease rise up in my body, body, you're the healed of the Lord. I mean, you could hit sickness and disease every which away from here till next Sunday, going through promises of God. Body, the precious back 
of my Lord and Savior had 39 stripes on it, bearing receipt that I'm healed. You could say this way, I am the body of Christ, and only that which can live in Christ's body can live in me. I'm seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Any sickness or disease that can penetrate the kingdom of heaven, have at me. But until you can, I don't have it. I won't have it. I refuse it. I curse it. I command it to die. Words, Satan comes along, you're good for nothing. How, how, how obnoxious. A good for nothing Satan telling me I'm good for nothing. He's the good for nothing one. He's the fool that lived in the glory of God and thought he could be better than the one who created him. He comes along, he wants to bring fears. Oh my gosh. Dad and I have talked about it before and really he's the one who told me about it, but his opinion, he mentioned it just the other week and as well in Wednesday night Bible studies. He, he truly believes that. It must have been something of these angelic forces and beings called the watchers that really orchestrate much of the unseen things in the unseen world, which changes what we see. Something had to happen in the unseen world for all this chaos and nonsense to be going on in our earth. And so what we could not see changed what we saw. But you understand it's the same exact authority and power that Jesus has given us. All authority has been given unto me in heaven and earth. Now go. Teach. Speak my word. You can't teach God's word without speaking his word. Teach. Make disciples. Be a witness in the earth. How do you witness? Sure, witnessing. We talked about it Thursday on on live stream. But how do you witness? Sure, that's getting people to, to the knowledge of God so they can be saved. But you confessing the word of God in your own life is a witness of Christ's work for you. Now, you're in 1 Samuel 10 at 6. Look at verse 9. And it was so that when he had turned his back to go from Samuel, Saul, God gave him another heart. And all those signs came to pass that day. Verse 10, And when they came there to the hill, these prophets that the prophet Samuel was talking about that Saul would run into, behold, a company of prophets met Saul. And the Spirit of God came upon him. And he prophesied among them. The Holy Spirit will change a man and change a woman and empower that man or that woman to speak the Word of God boldly with faith. Turn with me to Revelation 19, verse 10. This is something else I saw. It's, it's brand new. I mean, it's not brand new. God spoke and he's, he's not changed. It's always been truth for Him, but it was brand new to me. Revelation chapter 19, verse 10. Revelation 19, verse 10. I want you to see this. The Word of God spoken is the spirit of prophecy. What Moses said was God's will. Would to God that all my people be prophets and that the Spirit be on them. And the same thing that Samuel told Saul, when the Spirit of the Lord comes on you, you'll be changed and then you'll prophesy. The Spirit of prophecy is declaring the works of the Lord, declaring the Word of God. Now I understand there is ministry of the Holy Spirit of, you know, prophesying. But if you just simply look at that word over and over again in the New Testament, it is the edifying, it's the declaring, it's the speaking of God's truths so that someone can believe. So when we begin to confess God's Word because we believe it in our heart, we're putting God's Word out there 
So the Holy Spirit can change something. We're hearing it. Our faith is growing and we just keep on doing it. And we see our situations change. We see our children healed and set free and delivered. We see our marriages strengthened. We see our personal lives consecrated harder and heavier to the Lord. Revelation 19.10 And I fell at His feet. Of course, this is John. He's having this vision of all the things that will come. And he fell at the feet of this angel. And this angel said to him, See, you do it not. Don't fall before me. I am your fellow servant and of your brethren. There are angelic beings all over this earth that are fellow servants with you and I, the children of God. Amen. Waiting to carry out the orders of the Lord, the Word of God. My mother's been reading books about angels for the past year or two. And she just keeps telling about these nuggets she finds out in God's Word about angels. And, you know, we'll have conversation. And she said, well, maybe it was a, an angel ministering here or there. There are angelic beings in the kingdom of heaven carrying out the Word of God continually. And when you speak God's Word, the Holy Spirit and the angelic forces of heaven back you up because they're backing up the Word of the Lord. Notice this, that have the testimony of Jesus, last part of that verse, worship God. Don't worship me, worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Would to God that all His people be prophets and the Spirit be poured out on all of them all. The Spirit's been poured out. The Holy Spirit recreates us, makes us a new creation, makes us the righteousness of God in Christ. So much so that our spirit is in unity with the Holy Spirit so that when we speak what we believe, the Word of God, the spirit of prophecy, things change. The testimony of Christ is the spirit of prophecy. The testimony. What's a testimony? The witness. The telling of. Have you ever given a testimony of what the Lord's done? What are you doing? Telling someone the work of the Lord. This is what God has done in my life. Yes, Lord. What does God do in our lives? He fulfills His Word. Yes. And when you and I confess God's Word, yes. Amen. regardless of what is going on around us, God and the kingdom and His kingdom, he, God doesn't stop and think, well, uh, what Satan do? What is Satan doing so I can know what to do? God has full power, full authority. And moving through the people of God by faith, we declare a thing in the earth. We speak the realities of Christ in our life. What does that mean? 2 Corinthians 8 9. For Jesus was made poor that I might be made rich. I'll never lack a day in my life. Now, understand, I said, you know, we, we only got so much time. You can't say that from your sofa, eating Cheetos, like I love Cheetos, for 40 hours a week. You're going to have to get up and go do something. Lord's blessing the work of your hands. Give Him something to bless. But I'm here to tell you, 2020 is my year of violent increase. I've made, our business has made more money, and it's going to make more, isn't it? It's made more money this six months than any other previous six months. 
of the history of our business. Give us help, O oh Lord, for the help of man is vain. Everyone out, the door's closed, shutting this, uh, such and such going out of business, such and such company declares banks are up, see. Well, we just had another blowout month. Praise God. Give us help, O oh God, for the help of man is vain. Jesus was made poor that I may be made rich. The stuff men are dying to get, gold, God paves His roads with it. What people are trying to store up and, and hurt and harm people, the sinners in, in this world, dead in sin, trying to struggle to get it, He uses it for asphalt. Amen. Can you imagine? Look, this would be a lot of work. But can you imagine they started filling potholes in Lawrence County? My goodness. <laughs> Woo, Jesus, they got some potholes to fill. What if they were out there filling those potholes and they were using liquid molten gold, pouring it in there? You know those potholes would be bigger and back the next day? Because we'd be out there getting them out of that ground. Matthew 8, 16, 17. Jesus fulfilled the word of Isaiah. To whom? Isaiah prophesying by the Holy Spirit, who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? To whom is the power of God revealed to? Who is it that has the power of God in their life? The one that believes. Who is the believing one? The one that's speaking. And Jesus fulfilled that word of Isaiah, healing all that were sick and casting out all devils. I just say in the name of Jesus, His word is fulfilled in my life now and every day of my life until I go to heaven by way of the grave or the rapture of Christ. I'll never be sick again in a day of my life. How about saying that? In the midst of, 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 of a real virus, I understand a real virus. But that virus is not greater than my Lord Jesus Christ. And I don't think it was, well, if he took a 40th stripe, he would have covered COVID. He covered it with the first 39. And anything else, Satan can manipulate in the genetics of man. I'm healed because God says I'm healed. And I'm going to stay healed because God yes. says I'm healed. Amen. Amen. You, you just continue. You do that over and over again. You rehearse the words of God over and over again. You speak the word of God because it's the spirit of prophecy. It's the testimony. It's the witness of Christ. You're witnessing Christ. Now turn with me to 1 Corinthians 12. Uh, excuse me. 1 Corinthians 2 as we finish this. 1 Corinthians 2. It takes no more faith to say I'll never be sick another day than it does I'm not going to be sick right now. The same faith to believe I'm healed now is the same faith to believe I'll be healed, stay healed. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. We talk about that with provision. But my God will never forsake me. He is faithful. Second Chronicles 16.9, He's looking to and fro all over the earth to see those who heart, whose hearts are turned perfectly toward Him so He can move mightily on their behalf. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 12. The spirit of faith is a different spirit. Verse 12. 
1 Corinthians 2, verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of this world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. I've been given a new spirit. God said through the prophet Ezekiel, in that day I'll pull out, pull out that heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh and give you a new spirit. When you made Jesus Lord of your life, you believed on Him. There, uh, there was a miracle thing called salvation that took place Amen. that completely made you brand new and changed you. And that new spirit empowered by the Holy Spirit is teaching you the things of God. Amen. Verse 13, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches. Hold this, look at this, but which the Holy Ghost teaches. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. What things are we speaking? That, the, that which the Holy Ghost teaches. What the Holy Ghost is teaching is what I'm speaking. Amen. What the Holy Ghost is teaching is what I'm speaking. Turn with me to John 14. John 14. John 14, verse 26. The spirit of faith is the spirit of speaking what you believe. What am I speaking? What the Holy Ghost teaches. John 14, verse 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Amen. We're speaking what the Holy Ghost teaches. The Holy Ghost is teaching us what Jesus has said. The Holy Spirit is teaching us His Word. Amen. So what do we speak? The Word of God. Yes. And the Spirit of faith is throwing it out there. It's saying what God has said. It's saying what God had said. Amen. It's saying, Lord, I see your promises, 2 Corinthians 1 and 20. They are yes in Christ and amen in Christ Jesus unto the glory of God by us. Amen. You want to give God glory? Keep speaking the Word of God. Yes. Keep believing and then speak what you believe yes. so that the Holy Spirit moves mightily on your, in your life, on your behalf, bringing glory unto God. What brings glory to God? The testimony of Christ, the spirit of prophecy, the spirit of faith, the spirit of speaking what you believe so that He can set up and build and push forward His kingdom in your life. Amen. We know the story. If you don't, homework. Here's your homework. If you don't know the story, read Numbers 11, 12, 13, 14. And homework builds character, right? Amen. We all hate it, but it builds character. And I, I don't say that lightly. Uh, uh, several weeks back when we was doing one of the live streams, I said, homework, read Psalms 119. It's the longest psalm in the Bible and the longest chapter in the Bible. And, and I was driving through the, the, the teller uh, window at South State, and Miss Laverne said, Sydney told me to tell you she did her homework. Good job, Sydney. Good job. Mom said, a few days after I said that, Mom said, I did my homework. Homework builds character. We don't like it. But if you, if you don't know this story of the 12 spies that Moses sent into the promised land, read it. Numbers 11, 12, 13, and 14. Read it. 
He sends forth, by the word of the Lord, 12 spies to see the promised land. Mm -hmm. Now, in Exodus 23, when they're leaving Egypt, God told the children of Israel by Moses, I'm going to give you a land. He said, I will set your bounds from the Red Sea even to the Sea of the Philistines and from the desert unto the river, for I'll deliver the inhabitants of the land into your hand and you shall drive them out before you. And you'll make no covenant with them, nor with their gods. They'll not dwell in your land, lest they make sin against you, sin against me. And if you serve their gods, it will surely be a snare unto you. In Exodus 23, before they get to the promised land, God says, by Moses, I'm giving you the promised land. And every giant and every force and every army of every nation that's in your land, I'm going to deliver them into your hands. And so Moses, they get to the promised land. They send out 12 spies. They come back. Ten of the 12 spies say, oh, it's good. This is a land that flows with milk and honey. It's what God has said. But let me tell you something. The giants, they're big. Verse 32 of Numbers 13. And they brought up an evil report of the Lord. What they said was evil in the eyes of God. Because what they were saying was what they saw. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel saying, the land which you have gone to search it out, it's a land that eats up the people that try to get it. And all the people that we saw are in it are men of great stature. They're giants. And we saw the giants, the son of, sons of Anak, which come of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers and so we were in their sight these 10 spies they bring up an evil report they rehearse before the Lord what they are seeing with their flesh eyes they're rehearsing the current situation and circumstance it's good it's great it's everything you want in land but the giants they've got it and they're bigger than us and we're like grasshoppers in our eyes and their eyes. But Caleb, it says in Numbers 14, having a different spirit. He said, let us go up right now and take it. Because I believe that God has taken away their defenses. Why? Because he knew Exodus 23, what God said through Moses, I'm going to drive out these people in this land. Caleb had a different spirit. He had the spirit of faith. What is the spirit of faith? Walking by faith, not by sight. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. Caleb had this different spirit. He said, let us go right now. Let us do what God said we can and will do. Joshua had that same spirit. They said what God said. They didn't say what was taking place at the moment. They believed more the testimony of God than the testimony of their eyes. You can have what you see, or your eyes can see what you believe. You can have what you see, or your eyes can see what you believe. The spirit of faith is speaking and believing. Let's finish where we started, 2 Corinthians 4. As we close today, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. 
Rather, verse 8. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 8. Paul said, We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Jump down to verse 13. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, therefore have I spoken. And we also believe, therefore speak. Verse 14, knowing that He which raised up the Lord Jesus, the Holy Spirit, Romans 1.4 tells us that the Spirit of holiness raised Christ up. Knowing that which He knowing that He which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise us up also by Jesus and shall present us with you. Paul is saying this and writing this and telling the church in Corinth, there's a lot in the outward world taking place. There's persecution. There's people that hate the things of God doing everything they can to stop the things of God. And they're doing their best to push us to put pressure on us, to crush us, but we won't be destroyed. We won't stop. And by this same spirit of faith that David had, I'm speaking what I believe. I know that the power of God will not only raise me up in the resurrection of Christ, but will bring me back to you. And in the book of Acts, we see Paul goes back to Corinth for three months after he wrote this letter. Paul had the spirit of speaking what he believed, not what he saw. And he said, even though everything that's taking place in the earth looks like there ain't no way I'm going to keep be able to carry on, not only will I carry on, I believe I'm coming back to you. And he had what he spoke because he believed what God had said. I'll build my church. Jesus said, I'll build my church and not one single gate of hell will withstand it. Amen. Jesus said, I'm going to do a new work. God said, I'm going to do a new work. Christ Jesus coming to the earth and nothing will stop it. Amen. The very chief cornerstone, which they rejected Christ Jesus, he'll become the foundation of this work I do in the earth. Amen. And that's what you and I are doing when we confess God's word. Yes. It's not a religious habit. It's not just a, you know, something to do in the checkoff list. Amen. It's not a light thing. It should be a daily thing, yeah. a continual thing. Yeah. So much so that when you're like Paul, if you get pushed and squeezed a little bit, the Holy Spirit and His Word falls out. Amen. You squeeze an orange, orange juice is coming out because yeah. that's what's in it. When you get squeezed, the Word of God comes out. Amen. Not, you don't begin to recite before the Lord an evil report of what your eyes see, you begin to say what God has declared concerning the situation. Amen. Stand up with me on your feet today as we go before the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you, God, and we thank you for your marvelous power. Truly, the excellency of your power is ministered to us by the Holy Spirit, Father God. And even now, Father, we receive the work of your, of your Word, Father God. Even now, we're saying we're conformed in the image of your Word, Father God. We choose to believe you, Father God. Now, by faith, I want you to boldly pray this out loud with me. Pray this. Say, Father God, Father God you are my Father. I am your child. 
by the Holy Spirit, I say, you are my Father. I say, I'm a believer and not a doubter. I'll speak your word by the power of the Holy Spirit so that my life will conform to what your word says in Jesus' name. Now, body, touch your body. Say, body, be healed. Stay healed. Walk in health in Jesus' name. Say, concerning your family, family, be at peace, full of peace. Fear, we cast you out. The perfect love of Christ destroys fear. Grab a hold of your head and say, mind, you are filled with the peace of God. You think the thoughts of God in Jesus' name. We receive it. We believe it. And shout amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God.